Welcome to the Andy Staples Show Quarantine Edition Week 2. It's only going to get more exciting from here, kids. I promise. We are going to hopefully be your escape from whatever it is you're doing over and over and over again. Because, look, it's the same here, too. We're, we're all cooped up in our houses. Uh, we are experimenting with distance learning with the kids, just like everybody else. And it, it you know gets a little monotonous, but there are things we can all do that can help pass the time, some skills we can work on that when everything gets back to normal, we'll be better people for it. And one of the things that has helped me during this period is cooking. I've smoked a brisket. I smoked a pork butt. uh, I am going to try making key lime pie for the first time in the next few days. I, I just, I feel like that keeps my mind going. It's delicious. The kids like it. So I, I feel like that's another way that, that I can maybe learn from this, grow from this, whatever you want to do. But I wanted to bring on an expert because this is a guy whose advice will help you now, but will really help you when everything gets back to normal and we get to the point where we can go to football games again and we can tailgate again. He is one of the great tailgaters from the greatest tailgating school in America, LSU, Zach Rao. Zach, kind enough to invite me to his tailgate multiple times and let me hang with him for a story in my old job where we followed him around with a video crew for, for a night and a day, and then I just barged in on his tailgate the next day. So, Zach, how's it going? Man, it's uh, it's going about as well as it could be. Uh, you know, um, it's a beautiful day in Louisiana. Uh, it's it's kind of cloudy, nice and warm, but uh, you know, we're kind of we're kind of all stuck inside, kind of stuck in our backyard. Can't really enjoy it as fully as we uh, as we should be able to, unfortunately. Well, yeah, because th- this is the time of year where you would be you'd be testing some recipes on some people for for what you're yeah. going to cook in the fall, right? So now you just got to test them on on yourself and your wife, correct? Correct. So, well, let's paint the picture because your tailgate is a thing of beauty. And, and, and it's interesting because the, the way the tailgates work at LSU, they go from, you know, a few people with a little grill to guys with like a 30-foot long bar that, that, that oh, there's, there's one of them. Is this the new one or is this? This is, this is Chance. This is uh, the guy that, that you got to meet. The, oh, uh, I met the, Chance. The okay, very you nice. Did. You did. <laughs> yeah. So... Well, so we may have some we may have some company on our podcast here today, but that's fine because we we love our canines and uh, that's we, Chance was a great tailgating companion. You know, he he was hanging with me while you were smoking like sixty pounds of pork butts. But right, right. so back back to the description of LSU tailgates. So LSU tailgates, you, you can have your people sitting around a grill. You can have these guys that'll show up with two RVs and one of them drops into like a 30 foot bar and everything in between. And Zach and his friends and Zach, all you, you and you and this group of friends got together as members of the band. Is that correct? Yeah. For the most part, uh, we were all in the band, um, from about 2010 to 2013, 2014, that area. And, uh, 
basically we all, we all live in and around Baton Rouge after college and just kind of, uh, you know, we worked together uh, doing grounds crew for baseball and that sort of carried over into tailgating. And um, we've been doing it ever since. Um, had a banner year last year, obviously. But uh, yeah, that's kind of how it's been for about the last five years. So you guys are kind of in between the Bag of Doritos six-pack tailgater, which is probably what you what you were right after college, and but you're not quite graduated to the stripper pole, uh, hire a DJ, hire a bartender level of tailgater, which is the the usual suspects, the people who tailgate on the other side of the Indian Mounds from you guys. Uh, they're actually right next to us. Um, we oh, that's are, right. They are next right to next you. to them. Yeah. So that that's a group of attorneys that have been doing this for about thirty years now, and so. Now, you guys are sort of in between those levels, and your level is basically gigantic cookout. So when, when I went, this would, this would be for the Auburn game in 2017, you guys had, I think, 60 pounds of pork butt. You were smoking mac and cheese. You were doing something that I highly recommend that you're one of the only other people who, who also recommends this, and I don't understand why this hasn't got caught on everywhere. You smoke chicken legs. Yes. Why, why doesn't everybody do that, Zach? Uh, because people think wings are better, despite the fact that you get more meat with legs, and they are cheaper than wings, and they're a lot less work. You don't have to worry about separating them into drumettes and flappers, taking the tips off. You really just cook and go. You can usually get about, I don't know, what, three, four pounds for like 6 or $7. It's super cheap, super cost-effective, and easy. It's very easy. And I will tell you, it is a much more economical way of, of eating them too, because you know you, you can eat the drumette just fine. It, it works fine, but the flapper, there's technique involved. It gets messy. Have you ever tried to carry on a conversation with someone while you're trying to eat flappers? It doesn't work because you're, you're you're getting it in there, and you got to twist the bones out, and you got to pull, and you try to get that one perfect bite, and then it's pretty gross if you're trying to carry on a conversation with somebody. So the drumstick, you just grab it. You eat, you chew. It is perfect. And I do this at home all the time. So I'm, I'm glad you are spreading the gospel of the smoked drumstick. But, you know, it's interesting because that menu that you guys had was a complete crowd pleaser. Everybody just de- demolished it. And, you know, people think LSU, oh, you must be making jambalaya or, or gumbo. But you guys do a little bit of everything. How, how did the menu kind of evolve from you know your early days right after graduation to, to where we are now? So it, it kind of started in 2013, which is when I got my first smoker. Um, my wife was then girlfriend, now wife, um, wanted to know what I wanted for Christmas. And I said I wanted a smoker because I really like barbecue. And up until recently, you really couldn't get good barbecue at Baton Rouge. So she got me that. And then it was a smaller, you know, Weber Smoky Mountain. It's 14 and a half inches. And I graduated to a larger one that I got as a graduation present when I uh, finished grad school in 2014. And then somebody said, Hey, what if you did that for a tailgate, you know, smoke a couple pork butts. So, so I did. And we did that all throughout 2014. And then we kind of piece by piece added things to the menu. Um, you know, uh, the, the corn grits, um, the recipe was uh, cribbed from a restaurant around here called Zia's. They, uh, they were gracious enough to sort of put that recipe online, and tested that on friends. They loved it. And, uh, you know, pork and corn are honestly are two American staples. That's what most of the American diet was historically up until, you know, 20th century. And um, 
from there, we added, you know, baked beans because you can get a, a can of Bush's baked beans. Pretty simple. You just heat it up. And then uh, <laughs> the macaroni and cheese, um, I found the recipe for it or, or kind of germ for what my recipe became on a, on a website. I tried it out. People loved it. And to sort of get that to a tailgate turned into this effort of, well, what can we make? What can we, you know, do ahead of time to make this easier for the tailgate? And once we sort of figure that out, uh, we learned that if you cook the pasta ahead of time, you, you cube and grate your cheese all ahead of time. You can make your bechamel. You can throw in your cheese to that, and then you can smoke it. It's just like baking it, but obviously in a smoker. And once we figure that out, and that's a huge crowd pleaser. We go through about four trays of that just about every week. And then, um, you know, just piece by piece, we sort of figured out, all right, well, we don't have enough food. What can we do to sort of diversify and kind of spread out, not necessarily make more of what we already do, but sort of spread out, you know, what types of foods we, we offer, what we have. And from there, we added uh, my grandma's dirty rice recipe, which is pretty easy, pretty economical to make. And then uh, people said, well, you know, I like pork, but, is, you know, can, can we do something different? Maybe sausage or chicken and sort of experimented with wings, try, you know, figure out a way to do that. And then it was just too much work for, for what we were looking for. And then, like you mentioned earlier at the top of the show, drumsticks were there and it was a great alternative, cheap, easy, just season them, throw them in there and you're ready to go. And it, it, it kind of took shape the way it is now around 2016 for the Mizzou game, because actually some, uh, some Mizzou fans some Mizzou alums contacted me. They said, Hey, we, we, we heard about you. We want to, uh, you know, have sort of a tailgate home when we visit Baton Rouge, uh, would you host us? And, and that was when we kind of first went all in on this big spread that everyone has sort of come to know that's uh, stopped by that you got to see in 2017. So let's talk dirty rice, because this is one of those that if you're not from Louisiana or, well, Gulf Coast, really, because you can get it in Mississippi, Alabama, right? you don't think about it as a, as a side. And then when you have it, you remember, oh my God, this is one of the best sides in the world. I, I, I was in, in Houston last year and went to a place called the Turkey Leg Hut, and they do stuffed turkey legs. And one of the ones they do is a shrimp in Alfredo sauce stuffed turkey leg, but what they also stuff it with is dirty rice. And mm-hmm. the, the dirty rice part isn't on the menu. You get it, and you realize it's also stuffed with dirty rice, and it's like the best surprise I have ever had in my life. <laughs> but, but dirty rice, for, for those who don't know, for the uninitiated, what exactly is in there? So it's just white rice. You, you cook white rice and then uh, ground sausage. You can use pork sausage, you know, that you just get just the Jimmy Dean rolls, honestly. And then uh, Trinity, which is just uh, onion, celery, and bell pepper, maybe a little parsley and garlic. And you really just kind of mix it all up. And it's a very simple very delicious thing that not really a whole lot of people think of. And you can pre-make it pretty easily and freeze it, which is great. So if we're making things for the whole season, which is something that I, I try to do, um, you can make three or four batches and freeze them. And then that way, when, when game day rolls around, I just got thawed out, heated up at the tailgate, and it's ready to go. How, how much pre-making do you do going into a season? Like the last, last August, what were you doing in terms of pre-making? So... Um, a lot of the pasta for the, uh, the macaroni and cheese, um, you know, maybe some of the dirty rice I'll do for the first couple of weeks, uh, and stuff like that. The things that I know are going to be able to keep in a freezer. Um, actually this year I'm, I'm actually kind of 
tinkering, and I actually just cooked a, a batch of them this weekend, uh, switching from the canned baked beans, like I mentioned earlier, to a, a different type of bean recipe, uh, ranch-style beans, which are uh, pretty common in Texas. Co- cooking those, you know, having four or five gallon-sized bags set aside for the season, and then that way, you know, instead of having to worry about buying a can of beans, you know, one of those giant 160-ounce cans of Bush's baked beans, I just can pull a bag out of the, uh, the freezer, and I've got it. Uh, that's generally the sort of thing I angle towards. That's what I aspire to. doesn't always happen, but um, that's kind of what I try for. Uh, and the dirty rice and the beans kind of are the uh, the, the best for that. Um, pasta a little bit. Uh, I usually pre-make pasta the week of, or pre-cook the pasta the week of, but a lot of these things, um, you're able to sort of develop those efficiencies and make it easier on yourself during the season because, you know, football season's a whirlwind, especially, you know, this past one for us and um, you're able to sort of figure out those little shortcuts and ways to maintain quality without uh, kind of killing yourself week of the game. Well, so I, I make a bechamel based mac and cheese. Also, I stole the recipe from a place called Clarkston union in Clarkston, Michigan, and uh, actually ate it for the first time at their sister barbecue restaurant, Union Woodshop, and said, this is the best mac and cheese I've ever had. I got to steal it. Of course, the recipe's on the internet. So I've been making that for most family gatherings. And I remember the first couple times I made it, I was like, man, this is labor intensive. I don't know how I can do this on the day, you know, on Thanksgiving or on Christmas day. And then I realized, why, why am I doing this to myself? I can make this two, three, four days out and have it sitting in the fridge, letting everything kind of commingle together <laughs> and then bake it day of and we're gold. And it actually tastes better that way. I might have to try that because, uh, you know, obviously we're all we're all getting a little bit older, so you know our, our free time isn't what it used to be. So during the week, if I could maybe do that, that might actually save me some time down the road. So I might have to try that this year. Oh, it's fantastic because the sauce and the noodles and the cheese all kind of melt together, and that you're gonna maybe put a layer of cheese on top to get a little crust going if you want. But that's that's pretty much it. Because as you know, you know if you're gonna make if you're gonna do anything roux based, you're doing a lot of stirring. It's Oh, yeah. It's not a it's not a dump it and forget it kind of cooking. So you got to do it when you have some time. So I'll te- I'll tend to do that sort of after everybody's gone to bed, and I'll I'll get it all set up, cleaned up. If my wife's listening to this thing, uh, cleaned up so <laughs> she, so she doesn't have to worry about that. And then it's in the fridge, and you just pop. And and, and I need to do what you do though. I need to put that in the smoker to do my cooking, to do my baking portion of it because. You know, I, I've got a, a big green egg that has been seasoned through a lot of different kinds of meats being cooked in there. I would imagine mac and cheese baked in that thing would be fantastic compared to baked in the oven. Oh, absolutely. And you get that extra dimension of flavor, too. You know, if you have a good mac and cheese that has multiple textures going on with, like, the bechamel and the cheese on top, that smoke kind of takes it to another level as well. Oh, this is this is outstanding. So, Zachary, have you cooked anything during this kind of quarantine time that, that you thought, okay, I might want to add this to the menu, or do you have anything now that we are probably in this for a little while that you think, okay, I can test this recipe out and then maybe when things get back to normal, I can use it. So uh, there's been a couple things that I, I had kind of started experimenting with uh, before we were all kind of under quarantine. Um, I, I've was kind of casually into sausage making, uh, 
you know these these last couple of years. Can, like, can one this, can this, one this, casually be into sausage making? It feels like an all or nothing <laughs> kind of deal. Well, uh, I, I I had a sausage stuffer, um, you know, and it, it was kind of gathering some dust, and I was cleaning it out of the garage. I was like, you know, I, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna go in and and try this again and give it another shot. And I've been um, I've been making fun on Dewey lately. So we've, we've sort of diversified our menu a little bit um, from the last time you visited. I believe you were around in 2018 for the Bama game. Uh, we, we've started, you know, grilling sausage. Uh, it, it, you know, some, some weeks we'll grill sausage instead of smoking drumsticks. And I've been having some success making my, my own on Dewey. So that's something that I, I've been playing around with. And my goal is to hopefully use my own on Dewey. If we decide, you know, for a smaller game this year, we're going to do a big gumbo or a big jambalaya. I can make all the andouille one week and or one day this summer and freeze it that way. When game week rolls around, just thaw it out, chop it, and it's ready to go. Um, and then the ranch beans, like I mentioned earlier, which are they're a little different. You know, they're similar to baked beans. Uh, use pintos as the uh, the bean itself, but it's almost like a chili is the best way I can describe it. It's tomatoes, onions, um, spice. It, it there's, comes together really well. There's a lot of these at every kind of old school Texas barbecue joint. So you, you yes. get the yes. the tray with your brisket and your, your ribs and your sausage, and then they'll have the handful of pickles and onions that they'll throw on there. And then you if you want, you stop at the urn and, and drop some beans in a bowl to go with it. That, mm-hmm. That's the best way I can describe it. And, and what's kind of great about being in Louisiana as far as barbecue goes is, you know, we don't really have a tradition. You know, we can't say we aspire to the Texas or the Tennessee or to the Carolina tradition. We can sort of pick and use what we want because there is no defined tradition. So I can do Carolina pork, which is generally what I do in, in terms of the pork itself and then the sauces that I make. If I decide I want to do red beans, well, I can do that. Nobody's going to tell me any different. You know, so I don't really have to worry about anything. Um, but those two things. And then um, I, I've, I've decided to work on my smoked chicken a little bit because – I was at the store one day. Um, I, I don't know how it is for you, but most of our meat sections are kind of cleared out. But I went to a store that had 10-pound bags of chicken leg quarters for $7. I said, well, I don't smoke chicken all that often, not like this. So, hey, might as well try and improve, learn, get better at it. Well, um, and, and, and leg know, quarters are a good meat for that because chicken breast might not – smoking chicken's hard no matter what, but mm-hmm. chicken breast just might not have enough fat. To, to really do it right. right. And yeah. And you know, at, at the very worst, you know, I can kind of smoke these and I can cook them, shred them, tear them apart and maybe have them for something down the road. You know, if I want to take some of this frozen chicken meat and throw them into a gumbo one day or something like that, it's a very versatile thing that I can use. Um, and then you mentioned key lime pie. Um, I've, uh, I've kind of gotten into the bacon pies. Uh, lemon ice box is my favorite, very similar to a key lime pie. Uh, so I might make one or two of those. Um, obviously, that's something. It's only my wife and I in the house, so one's probably plenty. But um, desserts, things like that, uh, I would like to add um, to the tailgate. It's just a little difficult. You know, we're, we're cooking some weeks 60 to 80 people. Um, actually, this year, and, and man, you would have loved this. Um, my friend's little sister, Joey, Joey Venning, the one of the guys that's been with us forever, um, his little sister said she wanted to make pumpkin pies for the tailgate. Everybody needs a pastry chef. So this was, this was for the A&M game and it was Thanksgiving. So it was Saturday after Thanksgiving. So it was perfect. So I said, well, that's great. How are we going to do this? 
because we're feeding so many people because we had a lot of people coming in for that game. Um, so I said, wait, I think we can do this. So I found a recipe for a, a, um, a sheet cake pie crust. And I said, do you think, Caroline, oh, oh, do, do you think she could do this? And he said, yes, yeah, she'll do it. And sure enough, Saturday rolls around. We had two 9 by 13 rectangular pies that we cut into squares and we were just handing out to people. People loved it. Um, if, we could, if we could manage that with a lemon icebox pie, I'd love to. Um, no guarantees, but um, I think people would really like that. Oh, that is outstanding. If you were to guess on average how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? A week, maybe? Actually, on average, people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. Basically, a month. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides the treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You'll also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com staples for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash Staples for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. I wanted to ask you about this past season. I didn't get to see you guys this past season until uh, it was the day before the national title game. But there, there, this was a historic season for LSU, probably the best season in school history, undefeated national championship, Heisman Trophy winner, maybe the best individual season a quarterback's ever had for Joe Burrow. What was it like being a fan for this team, which seemed to be highly in, enjoyable, entertaining, won in a controversy-free manner, and just destroyed everybody down the stretch? Uh, I mean, I, look, I, I've, I've been an LSU fan all my life, and you know we had kind of heard those promises about, oh, we're modernizing the offense, we're modernizing the offense. And then... Uh, you know, we came out against Georgia Southern and they were throwing the ball all around the yard and Joe was fitting balls in the windows that, you know, I don't think I'd ever seen an LSU quarterback, you know, do in the past. And I had said to myself, I was like, oh man, we have something here. And then third and 17 at Texas happens. And we were just rolling after that. Uh, that Florida game, um, you know, obviously this past season had so many great moments. Uh, you know, the game in Tuscaloosa against Bama where, you know, <laughs> they never even really had an opportunity to come back in the game. And then, you know, you destroy Oklahoma and, uh, and, and the, the semifinal, and then you kind of ran away with it against Clemson. But I, I always come back to the Florida game, which I, I describe as a perfect football day, just because, I mean, we had college game day there. The, the tailgate, I think we fed probably about 100, 120 people. And then going into that game against Florida, where it, it, to that point was the best defense we had faced. You know, um, Jonathan Grenard and Zaniga uh, were, were kind of the, the monsters on their defensive line that they were anticipating having to, uh, to, to you know, contain. 
And not only that we beat Florida, but it was the way that they did it. I, I want to say Joe might have even had more touchdown passes than incompletions. Just it, it was easy. And that was something we weren't used to. So, I mean, I, I relished every moment personally. I, there were times uh, this year where uh, my wife, usually she'll come to the games uh, or come to campus later than I will uh, for game days. And, you know, typically for games that are blowouts, she'll say, okay, I, I think I'm going to go home because we live about 10 minutes away from campus. She says, I think I want to I go home. And the A&M game, um, she said, okay, you know, I think I'm, I'm going to go home at the end of the third quarter. And I told her, I said, Allie, I said, look, you, you need to sit and watch this. And she says, why? I said, I don't think we're ever going to see this again. This is one of the most rare things we'll ever see. Just please sit and enjoy this. And uh, she did. Uh, I'm glad she did. Uh, just because we, we really need to relish this. We can't really treat this as the new norm. We need to treat this as an outlier. And, uh, man, just savor every second of it. You know, we, we have that title. No one can take it away from us. And uh, I'm just really happy that we got to see it. Yeah. When Coach O got hired – you guys looked at it a little differently than than most people on the outside did. I think most people on the outside took it as, oh, he's just going to be there for a little while. He's going to flame out like he did at Ole Miss, blah, 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 blah. It, it felt like the LSU fan base understood that he knew what, what he was doing this time and and kind of had a better grasp on things. But are you even surprised that he took them to that level? I mean, look, you can't look at the confluence of circumstances that led to this title and say, like, I knew that was going to happen, um, you know, the day that Coach O got hired. I, I mean, look, we we hired an assistant to an assistant, to hear him describe it, and Joe Brady, who kind of became that closer for our offense. And you can kind of look back and you can sort of see the germ of what the offense became. Um, if you go back and look at some of the, uh, the, the footage from 2018, you, you look at Joe taking shot, uh, taking snaps out of shotgun, you can kind of see the makings of what he would become in 2019. But between that and then just opening up the offense in a way that no one had seen happen in Baton Rouge. I mean, think about it. You can think about a lot of great LSU running backs. You can't really think about a lot of great LSU quarterbacks and to say that in 2016, when, when O got the interim tag pulled off, that this was going to happen, we all knew this was going to happen. I don't think anyone could, could truthfully say that. But at the same time, the fact that he, he sort of made it a point to, in recruiting, say, all right, uh, recruiting has tailed off like it did at the, the back end of the Miles era. We really need to improve in the trenches. We need to build inside out. And we need to get better at the skill positions. And we need to open up. I, I could say people would say, yeah, we, we thought he was going to make an attempt at that, but I don't know if anybody could have predicted that it would have worked out the way that it did in 2019. I'm going to play you something, and, and then I have a, a couple questions. So let's 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 hear this video that, that came out this week, and then uh, and then we'll we'll work from there. But I do have some questions. Have faith. Have faith in the game plan. Uh, we're going to get through this. And, uh, there's going to be some rough times. Well, can't give in to fear makes you give in to have faith. Look, we all know we from Louisiana, we tough, we're resilient. But I, I encourage you to follow the game plan. This is not the time to be selfish. I urge young people to stay home. You don't need to be out on the streets doing all kinds of stuff. This is not the time to do that stuff. I do believe that we have a winning plan. I do believe in the state of Louisiana. Hey, it's gonna get tough the last next two weeks. Come on. We tough. Let's just follow the plan. 
Do the thing that we're supposed to do, and I guarantee you, we will win. All right, Zach, is there anybody in the state of Louisiana who will not listen to Ed Orgeron right now? No. No, I, I think, uh, I, I don't want to say he might as well be the governor for all intents and purposes, um, uh, but, you know, I, I would also say that he is the most charismatic figure we've got within the state of Louisiana right now, and when he talks, people will listen. Uh, and I'm glad to see that he's helped out, um, you know, our, our state officials in trying to uh, contain this quarantine and hopefully uh, get it to a point where, you know, all this kind of, uh, you know, is in the rear view and we're ready to play football again in August, you know? So let's say down the road, you know, a few more years, he, he keeps coaching, maybe wins another SEC title, maybe another national title. Could he be governor of Louisiana? Do you think he'd do it? Uh, I don't know if he'd do it. Um, I think he could be if he really wanted to be. Um, you know, I mean, he's very charismatic, obviously, and, and people will listen when he talks. But I think he's, uh, look, you, you win a national championship. You win two SEC titles uh, in the SEC West, kind of as it is now um, with you know, the variable murderer's row of coaches that you've got in this division. But you, you deserve to go home, enjoy retirement, you know, maybe do a TV gig or something. Just enjoy life. You know, I don't, I don't know if you'd want a harder job by being governor. That, that is true. That is true. Well, hopefully everyone, not just in Louisiana, but around the country, will listen to Ed Orgeron and, and do what he says, and we can get back to normal sooner rather than later. And Zach... When we are back to normal, I'm coming back to Baton Rouge, and I am I am eating. What do I need to bring? Uh, yourself and an appetite. That's it. I have both of those things at all times, so that's perfect. Zach Routh, thank you so actually, much. Actually, okay, yeah. What if you could if you could uh, if you could get me some uh, something from Cigar City? I'd really appreciate. It. Ooh, well, we can definitely do that. I. Uh, I, I got some friends down in Tampa that we could we could get some. You want the Highlight IPA? You want the? Uh, do you want the, the Maduro Brown Ale? The Maduro is one of my favorites. I do enjoy that a lot. They they also have a Red Ale that's outstanding. Uh, the Red Ale, I'm a big fan of those, and then the Highlight, both be choice if you can manage that. Well, the the Highlight, I think we can do that. Now we actually have uh, the barrel aged Highlight. That occasionally comes out, so Oof. I'll try to grab some of Oof. that. They'll they'll age, I think they aged it in rum barrels the last time, but uh, it, yeah, they, they've got a they've got a couple different special edition, limited edition kind of deals going on. So yeah, we we will see if we can bring the best of uh, the best of Tampa over to Baton Rouge because that that would be. And this is this is what I love about your tailgate, by the way, Zach, is you don't you don't cling to one traditional style. You don't say, well, we're in Louisiana, so we have to do this. You guys take from everywhere and, and just make this great melting pot of a tailgate. Hey, look, it's, it's something that people seem to enjoy. So as long as they enjoy it, we're going to keep doing it. All right. Zach Routh, thank you so much for joining us. I cannot wait until I can tailgate with you again. Same here, Andy. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening. Come back on Wednesday. We're going to be joined by the Athletics' Nicole Auerbach, and we're going to talk about how your favorite college football teams are working out now during the quarantine. Nicole and I will probably also talk about our attempts to work out like your favorite players during the quarantine. My guess is they're a little better at it than we are, but we're going to give it a try. 
Also, if you're not already subscribing to The Athletic, well, now's the best time. You get 90 free days if you sign up right now. Best sports writing on earth. I realize the games aren't going on, but we are still cranking out great stories at The Athletic. So you go to theathletic.com slash free 90 days. That's theathletic.com slash F-R-E-E 90-D-A-Y-S and get your 90-day free trial. We'll talk to you Wednesday. (music) 